Hey, Catholic Divas, welcome back to Cycles and Sanctity. Today, we are starting the Wintertime of Motherhood series, and today we'll be talking about who am I and what does my support system look like now that my children have left? So come on into the podcast and let's get talking. Hey, this is Mama Jane. And this is Mama Vicki. Welcome to the Cycles and Sanctity podcast. I'm a Billings Ovulation Method instructor and a certified Catholic mindset coach. And I'm a labor and delivery nurse, an IBCLC, and a La Leche League leader. We're here to share with you the beauty and the pain of your cycles. Have you considered honoring your cycle throughout the journey of your womanhood? Have you ever considered your cycle as a tool toward your holiness? Well, sisters, it is. We're excited to walk this journey with you. So go grab your favorite journal and pen and your hot beverage, and let's do this. Hey, Catholic Divas, this is Mama Vicki. And I'm Mama Jane. Welcome to the Cycles and Sanctity podcast. We are going to be talking for a while, a few episodes on the aspect of the winter of womanhood. I'm really excited about this, the way the Lord works, because Mama Vicki is right now in the middle of a snowstorm, aren't you? <laughs> Literally. There's snow on the ground and more snow predicted. But there's beauty. And the in temperatures the are quite frigid. Yeah, it's supposed to get to negative, oh, right? Oh, it's gorgeous. I love the snow. Yeah, it is. And I love the snow. I love winter. I love the idea of winter. I love going out and walking a dog and having my warm clothes and my warm house to return to. So that is an opportunity for gratitude. If I was struggling with a gratitude list, as soon as you're outside shoveling and it takes a little longer than you thought or your gloves get wet, you don't love the winter as much. <laughs> Exactly. Or if you've got a lot of snow and there's no place to go because you can't shovel your yard or your driveway and there's no place to go because the roads are too icy and everything. Right. So there's a beauty and a suffering, right? Absolutely. There's a measure of people that that don't have a place to go in the the cold. And that's, I'm blessed to have a safe, warm home. Yeah. So that's what I want to really focus on today about the beauty and the pains of the winterhood of womanhood. And when I say winter of womanhood, I really want to talk about the post-menopausal stage. So remember, Catholic divas, menopause is a scientific terminology, and it is considered, you are considered in menopause when you have had your very last cycle And doctors consider you postmenopausal when you have not had a cycle for a whole year. And this can be challenging. We've talked about this before. Paramenopause can be the wonder and the frustrating part because you think you've had your last cycle and you haven't had a cycle for maybe six weeks, seven weeks, and then you have a cycle again. And that's because your hormones are slowing down. And so that basic infertile pattern is just going longer and longer. But then once we've reached menopause, once you've had that full year, now you're into the postmenopausal. And now what? And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to have a question of which I think many women in this stage, as you're going through that perimenopausal stage of who am I? Right, Vicki? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like your roles change when your children are young and your your decisions are made on how many more children do I want and what is my partner looking at and just the busyness of raising children 
and as they get out of the home, how your dynamic changes and how maybe your freedoms expand once your children are out of the house. And maybe once you're postmenopausal, pregnancy is not a worry. So that can change your intimate dynamics. But there's a lot of identity. If many of us that have been mothers and, and, and that's where, where our identity stood, it almost feels like a, a loss. Like the trees have no leaves right now. And as when there is no snow, it's just brown and it looks sad. But once the snow comes upon them, it's just gorgeous. They're beautiful to remember, to look at ourselves and say, who am I? I am still beautiful. I am a beautiful woman and I have all this experience. And now it's my time to be the wise woman, to be Mama Vicky, to be Mama Jane. And it's uh, and it's not that you aren't that when you're young, just as life, as anyone's life, a, a young person just does not have the experience. It has nothing to do with being smart or not or being open or not. Time, believe it or not, young women, time does matter and it does make a difference and there is an upside to it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting because I remember, you know, as I was growing up, you know, this whole aspect of one, quote unquote, gr growing old, so many women like would dye their hair so they wouldn't show the gray. They're going to the gym to try to keep up and all this stuff. And then I just remember this one particular woman, gosh, this was back when I was at Fort Leavenworth and she was a neighbor of ours and she decided she, she decided that she was going to let her hair grow out. And it was really interesting because she had this one gray streak in her hair. She almost looked like Elvira. Is that mm -hmm. what is Elvira? Yeah, yeah. But then by the end of about, it took her about a year. And then she had this gorgeous head of silver streaks with, with the dark hair. She just was really beautiful. And I think that's also a really good analogy of this becoming a new woman. And we don't talk about this older aspect. But again, one of the things is that we have to think about is that I'm 60 and I could have another 30 years of life. There's so many women that are in their 90s. And that's where that question is, like you said, of who am I? Because so many times, especially those of us who are married, those of us who've had children, um, have identified ourselves through our children. Like, I know it's probably happened to you where a teacher or a coach or something calls you by your child's name. Yes. <laughs> we used to have a ballet teacher who attended our church and she would always call me Rose. I'm like, oh, I'm Jane. She's Rose. Oh yeah, that's right. Or Rose's mom. We're Rose's mom. And because our children are more independent, they they maybe maybe they're in their teenage years where now all of a sudden they have a car they don't need you to drive them to their activities maybe they're very involved in their high school with all their activities extracurricular activities that you really don't see them or maybe they've gone off to college or gone into the military or gone to be a missionary and you literally don't have them around and so that question of who am i that identity question is so important. So share with me a little bit, like, how have you been processing that? Because I know Claire is 13. So she's 14, still, just turned 14. 14. That's mm -hmm. right. She just turned 14. So she sort of needs you. But do you remember like the first time when your oldest son left? Interestingly, so I have eight kids and my oldest was 17 when I had Claire. And honestly, I was still very busy when he left the house. So as my older ones left, 
I don't know how to say this. It's like I, I was more prepared. Plus, they were boys and they went in the military, all things I was familiar with. So I could still speak their language when they would call home or when they would come home. I still felt like in the know and part of it. Honestly, it was when my oldest daughter left and then the sisters, they have three girls and they're all five years apart and their bond was tested and, and they missed their sister. And it's not that I didn't miss them. It's just when you have many children and you're still busy actively in the home raising children, it's not as, I don't think you feel the sting as much, but like a great example is I have a 19 year old and she's just going through it, finding her way. And last night she came over and she hasn't come over and reached out for a long time. And we were able to, you know, kind of had to put my night on, I don't want to say hold, but it, it took a different turn than I originally thought it was. But I'm so grateful and thankful because with sometimes with your older children, it just, you only get snippets of that. When your children are little and they think, oh, my mom's the most beautiful, smart, amazing mother in the world. And she's just, oh, how do you know all these things? I remember before all of my children at some point, wow, mom, how do you know all this? Or you're just so amazing. And you know that and the new wears off and the old shines through as they get to know you. And you know, that's an another thing to address is who am I? You have to know, but they are wondering, wow, that's my mom. Like we were talking earlier and you see a teacher, first time you'd see a teacher out in your community and you're like, what are they doing out of the school? Like your children are like, wait, what? My mom's a woman? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. But then also that's where our question is. I think this was, gosh, probably 10 years ago, we had a group of moms and we've always been very close. We homeschooled. We've literally, we've known each other. We've gone through the birthing and everything and our children were getting older. Some of us put our kids in public school, so we weren't as active in our homeschool group. So we didn't have a reason to socialize. And one of them finally said, hey, I need to get together with you guys. Like, I, I need my sisterhood. And so we have pretty much, I think, for at least 10 years, we call ourselves the MOOCs, the mothers of older children, because there was it. really no reason to get together other than because we desired each other's friendship. And I find that so interesting. I've observed that of who are my, maybe not like true friends, but this friend is only here for a season because of my child being in band or soccer or scouts or fill in the blank youth group, whatever. And yet sometimes those friendships, because they might've started with our children, like our MOOCs, they have now developed into a beautiful friendship. And this is the other aspect I wanted to talk about is one of the reasons why this MOOC beautiful coffee group that we have that's so important is that we didn't have the support. One in the particular, she ministers to a lot of homeschool families. So while the homeschool families were looking to her because she was the older woman, she didn't have anyone to support her. And so right. she loved the fact that she could come to us and like, okay, I need to have these conversations. Because the conversations do start changing rather than, you know, should I get pregnant or not? It's the hot flashes or mm. the sleepless nights or the things that are happening in our bodies that we really literally have no control over. And also circling back to your neighbor that went gray, uh, the important part of support and finding out who am I is believing. And I think this is where women become wise is when you accept you for who you are, you're not going to have a 20-year-old body. You just aren't. And instead of looking at your tummy and being like, oh gosh, look at all this. It's just sagging as I get older. You look at it and you say, hey, that brought forth X amount of children. 
there was one or 10 or 12 or whatever, it doesn't matter the number. Or maybe it didn't bring forth children. Maybe you're just getting older and that's just part of the process. But God doesn't create things that aren't beautiful. So you are beautiful. It's just society that we listen to. So the importance of, I know that I have been blessed. Literally, I've been a part of all over the country and I've stayed a leader for my passion of helping moms breastfeed. But in that, I have gained some beautiful friends that are also, I love MOOCs. That's a cool term. But they are my MOOCs and I can call them. And we did get together when our children are young and our problem was managing breastfeeding and as a leader, having your own mastitis, trying to mentor to other mothers and make it through. And now we can, it's just a different kind of beauty when you can share with your best friends or very, even if they're only friends for that season. Even my friends that the reason we were friends is we were both religious league leaders. We are now maybe still leaders or not, but our children are the same age. And so you can talk about the different things or how about your your children becoming parents? That's another, it's a special, you can't share that with everybody. Just when your children are young, not everybody wants to hear about your child's poop schedule, your partner. You got to rely on your other mothers and maybe your partner that created this child with you, but no, that's not common talk. And so it's just nice to have that circle to help you. I guess what I want to say is my best friends are all beautiful. Mm-hmm. They're gorgeous. I don't know if they really are or not to society standard, but to me they are because they are beautiful. You said something really powerful on the fact of our bodies and our bodies are beautiful. God created our bodies. That's the whole thing about St. John Paul II, theology of the body, that our bodies are a gift from God, that they're good and holy and beautiful and unique. And yet that's that wonderment, right? Is when Mm -hmm. I interviewed Maggie Wright from Made for More, she had lost 150 pounds. And her whole ministry and her whole thing is to minister and help women of this age lose the weight. Because many times when we get to this age, we're like, forget it. I'm not even going to be able to do it anyway. So they give up hope and she gives them hope. But what she said was very important was the fact that her body at 150 is not the same body that she was when she was in her 30s at 150. Correct. Sure. That's one of those, also those beautiful things. I had heard there's a company called Not Your Daughter's Jeans, but they have the, you know, a little bit wider hips, a little bit, they they tuck in the belly. These are just kind of facts of the way a woman's body changes throughout the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember this one young girl who grew up in our homeschool group who got married and, and had children. And gosh, I think she just had her sixth child. And I saw her recently and I looked at her and I was like, wow, she's got this matronly look. Whereas Mm -hmm. I, in my head, I always imagined her as this young teenager, the first one I met her and everything. And, but now she has this beauty of, of this matronly look. And you're right. Mm -hmm. The, the body is, is so beautiful. And yet sometimes there's a regret of, of the change. There's a little bit of sadness. Well, again, it goes back to a lot of us tie our identity to being a mother. So if your identity is, that's where my goodness is. That's where my gifts are. And for some reason, the winter season seems like those gifts are taken. Like the spring flowers are not here anymore. The daffodils are not blooming because it is the season of winter. But that does not mean winter isn't beautiful. But a lot of times we focus on the daffodils, right? They get all the pictures, all the flowers are the rage. And on the day after the snowstorm, when the snow... Or the day the snow starts to melt and it's sludgy and that's still, I mean, that there are painful parts, but that doesn't mean it, it isn't necessary. I want to circle back to friends and support. And at this age, part of wisdom is if you want 
to go to the gym to keep yourself up, to keep your energy up, keep your emotions up. That is a good thing. It needs to be focused on, I don't really like this term, but self-care. Like you're worthy of doing this, but it is not, it's not because you need to quote, look good. Right. It's because you need to feel good. And those grown kids that have grandkids, you want to be able to run around with your grandkids or at least be upright and be able to walk around the home with them. So it's more what where you want your journey to go. What does your right. winter season look like? What do you want it to look like? Right. And yet sometimes, unfortunately, because of our health, many women that I have come in contact with in this stage, they are dealing with serious health issues that that they didn't see coming autoimmune diseases and joints and knee surgeries and things like that, that you're just, again, it's that part of the acceptance of this is the state in life that I'm in and accepting the good with the bad. Correct. Again, this is the reason a sisterhood and believing that God has your good intentions in mind. The medical field often doesn't listen to women. We really just want you to not bleed and not really take up a whole lot of our time. And a lot of women our age with health problems are dismissed as, oh, you're just hormonal. Our whole entire lives as women, you're hormonal, no matter what stage you're in. And so sometimes it's very frustrating. I have friends, they're very frustrated that they're like, no, I'm actually feeling these things. And to be dismissed when you seek care can be very frustrating. And then the internet has so much information. There's many women that we want to do what is right and good for ourselves and what is right and good for our families. And then you go to research it and the research is overwhelming and the support is minimal. So that's what our podcast is here for. We're reaching out. We can do this sisters. We can support each other and we can build each other up and share, Hey, this worked for me. And again, what maybe works for mama Vicky doesn't work for mama Jane or what works for mama Jane. I'm like, wow, that is working amazing for me. So thank you for telling me that. So you just have to be open. And again, goes back to, being willing to go down the journey of who am I? That's a scary question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially if you've never if you've never considered it. Not just who am I, who the world says that I'm I am, but more importantly, who God says I am, because mm-hmm. God created us with gifts and talents, and He knew that he, we were going to be coming into this stage. And it's interesting. One of the things that I have been doing lately, the past few years, as I've been journeying into this postmenopausal stage, is really delving into those people in the Bible that are literally, they don't get their mission until they're 60 or 70 or 80. Yes. Think about Sarah, yes. think about Abraham, think about Elizabeth, John. And that is one of those hopes. I remember back in 2010 when I was working with a direct sale company, it was a Christian based jewelry company. And the first time I went to one of their national conferences, this couple, the Horners, God bless them, God rest in peace, Andy uh, and Joan Horner, they decided to start this business when they were in their 60s. And they shared the story. They had five children, all grown. They had grandchildren. And all of their children were like saying to them, like the world says, Mom and Pop, why are you doing this? This is your retirement age. This is the time to to relax and enjoy life and things like that. And God bless Andy Horner. Andy Horner used to always say to us, the word retirement is not in the Bible. So if you are still breathing, you have a mission. God has a mission. And I remember the very first time, and I was back in my 50s, like early, actually late 40s, when I was introduced to this company. But I remember 
speaking to the Lord at that conference saying, I want to be like them. I want to live my life so full that when I'm 60, I'm doing something very powerful. And when I came into that company, they were just celebrating their 25th anniversary. They touched so many lives. Now, unfortunately, that company went was one of the COVID casualties, if you will. So it's not, it doesn't exist anymore. But over 30 years, all of the women that were were able to earn an income for their families during that, all of the women that were supported and or their clients that enjoyed the jewelry, there were so many lives that they touched because they chose not to give up and not to choose the kind of retirement life. They well, knew that they had absolutely. As long as you're alive, you're meant to be here. You're, you do have a purpose. You do have a mission. And just our society is very bad at honoring older people. My mother-in-law is in an assisted living place. And unfortunately, with today's society, sometimes that's a necessity. If your older parent needs care that you can't provide around the clock and you have to work, that's the way things are. But when I take Claire up there, just joy, just these people light up. And Claire's just a, a very sweet child. And she's willing to listen and talk to it. It isn't just rambling. It isn't just old people rambling. They've lived a life. Right. I know everybody's seen with social media. You've seen like the old woman with the mirror and she sees the young girl. That is true. I've had an older person in my life one time. He was in his seventies. And of course, I think I was like 18, 19. So it may as well have been 112 to, to me. And he had a picture of himself from World War II and said, every morning I get up and I'm like, who's this old man in the mirror? And, and I can relate to that. Sometimes as women getting older, you, the other day the girls were dancing around and I tried to do a dance move and I was like, oh, wow, that didn't come out like I thought it would in my head. <laughs> <laughs> and so you have to laugh at it because at least I can still do move. Yes. <laughs> Maybe not one that should be put on TV, but and, and it's just we don't honor that. And that's what I think we're here to do, Jane, is bring awareness. We all have older women in our lives. And instead of looking at them as, as uh, sometimes when they talk or have input to think it's irrelevant, oh, you don't know, it's not that way anymore. Honestly, humanity hasn't changed that much. I committed this year to listening to the Catholic podcast, the Catholic Bible in a year. And in these 10 days, I've learned so much. And it's just so eye-opening. And we, as humans, we want to fit in. We want to feel loved. We want to feel important. We want to feel heard. And that is part of our journey too. How we imagine ourselves, right? Looking at that mirror or looking at that picture of our young 18-year-old in, in the war and even like looking at our wedding pictures, right? Of, oh my mm -hmm. goodness, I was so... And then accepting us, but then also accepting... You were talking about your mother-in-law, about the assisted living. And that is... Mm -hmm. Sometimes that is a hard decision as well, is that accepting to go to an assisted living because you do need the care. That is mm -hmm. also a very real, a real reality that we have to face. Or the other aspect of it is ending up single, whether we're mm -hmm. a widow yeah. or whether the marriage has ended. And who are we? That's That was where we were going with that is really who are we? And understanding that, like you said, it, as long as we're breathing, God has a mission for us. But again, it can be a real beautiful time as well. One of my friends was talking, and I would have to look into this and put it in the show notes, but there is a an apostolate she was sharing with me about 
older women's praying, like the there's a seven sisters apostolate, and that's not what she was talking about. That apostolate I know is a beautiful apostolate for seven women to specifically pray for their priest. It doesn't have to be older women. And typically it is just because they have more time. But she was just talking about that's the other beauty of this stage is that because we don't have our children that need us, we have more time to spend with the Lord. And maybe that is something that we hadn't had. And I've heard so many older women who have had kind of a reversion or a conversion or coming back to the church. And really, this is a beautiful state in life as well of really spending that time with the Lord because we do have more time. Yes, for sure. I know as a young mother, a young, busy mother trying to get to church can be very challenging. And I do remember a priest one time said that God has mercy on the mothers of the young. And he's excited and thrilled to see us circle back around. And it, it's not that we didn't want to, but anyone that's, that's gotten small children to church, that's an endeavor on, <laughs> of an itself. Yeah. I remember when my kids were little, I just, they would all take off their shoes. My four boys were in five years and I would just be like, please leave your shoes on because that's that's a lot of feet to get shoes back on. Yeah, exactly. I, re- I remember those days too. It's interesting. I was talking to my trainer. So I've been going to this gym and I actually hired a trainer meet once a week just because I knew I needed a little bit of help. And she's just this sweet little girl and I just keep pouring into her. So we were just talking about how was the weekend and I was just sharing with her the things I was doing. She was like, wow, that's really busy. I go, Girlfriend, I have no babies that are waking me up in the middle of the night. And everything that I'm doing, I'm choosing to do because I want to do it. And it may sound busy, but it's because I know I have a lot of energy and I have a lot of time now. And that's sometimes also the challenge of what do I do with my time? Again, going back to that, who am I? I don't need to be volunteering for the PTA when my child is no longer at that school or being involved in whatever ministry, whatever organization or things. I know I know last year for myself, this church that I help with, the youth minister had asked me just because he knew me, he's, hey, I could really use your help. And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I'll come. But I really sat in the back because I knew that that was not the age group that I am here to serve. And I was very happy that he reached out to me and said, hey, we're really trying to minister to the parents so that the parents could meet and pray for the young people as we meet. And I said, absolutely, I would love to do that because those are the people that I need to be ministering. I'm too old. It's the Charlie Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I always tease uh, at work with my young nurse buddies. I always tease some of my clientele. I'm like, hey, why don't you come in with me? Because I think this patient, like, they can't hear me right now. Uh, yeah. And that's okay. That's okay. And that's why the sisterhood of womanhood is so beautiful because we all need each other. We, yes. need, to, we need the young ones to keep, remind us that we were there. I always vowed I would not be the old woman that said to people, oh, honey, enjoy this because this is going to pass. Listen, I always knew it was going to pass, but I tell you what, on those bad days when all the kids are acting up and it just, it just whew, you wish you never got out of bed because it just is so hectic. That, you, that is not fun. It's not fun, but it doesn't mean you won't miss it. I mean, so it's just, I always want to remember what it was like. And what's funny is maybe when perimenopause and menopause, postmenopause come around, you think you're forgotten, but you're not. And no matter what stage you're at, 
like I'm 52. So maybe I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? This is getting scary. But 60, I'm going to look back and be like, oh my gosh, remember when I was 52 freaking out? <laughs> yeah. You can't fence time. That's going to happen. That's right. So, so That's just right. embrace every day. Every day that, that we're up is, is a day that we have something to do. Amen. And some days yes, are bigger than others. That's right. That's right. And, and here's the other thing, though, is that sometimes it can be challenging and we want to face that, that it can be challenging those menopausal days. Mm -hmm. And yet we are here. We want to create a support system. So, ladies, if this is resonating with you, we want to invite you to in the show notes, there's the link. You can do a discovery call and really find out how we can help you. We would love to help you. And if this is not your phase in life, please pass this episode and this series to those women in your life, because I'm sure your mother or your grandmother or your aunt or your godmother or somebody will benefit from this. We really want to honor this winter of womanhood. So with that, we will see you next week. Stay warm for those of us in the cold section of the country. And so as we close, Mama Vicki and I want to give you a blessing. We had been talking about Thessalonians, but this is a new blessing from St. Paul, of course, in Ephesians 14 through 19. Name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that he may grant you in accord with the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner self, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the holy ones what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Amen. Amen. Until next week, Catholic Divas, we will see you. Hey, Catholic Divas, if you enjoyed this episode, please go ahead and download it, like, subscribe, review, share. We just like you to be a part of our community. Thanks for listening. See you next time.